Show me the football. Are you ready for live football on your phone? With the Yahoo Sports mobile app, you got it. Watch local and primetime NFL games on your phone or tablet all season long. Never miss your local game. Never miss a big national matchup. We got one of those this week. All you need is the Yahoo Sports app. Get the Yahoo Sports mobile app and you are golden. We're also brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals the priority. Receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions like a full suite of financial products designed to fit your needs, 24-7 live support, and access to over 300 branches on or near military bases. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information or call 1-888-842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz. I'm joined by my co-host and co-Danny, Danny Kelly. How are you doing, DK? I'm doing excellent. What's going on, man? I'm doing good. Let's just get down to this. Jim's not here. We're with full-time Craig. We were just arguing about Rashad Penny. I don't even, like, just say it, Craig. Just say it. Tony Gwynn, Kawhi Leonard, Marshall Falk, Rashad Penny. <laughs> San Diego State, wait, Marshall Falk? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we were talking about, about, we were talking about Marshall Falk in, in, uh, in the oh, office God. the other day. San Diego State alum. He was fine, okay? He was fine. He was all right. 12 rushes, good. 108, touchdown, looked elusive, quick. Got some Got some wiggle. I, we Wiggle. hadn't really seen that before. Yeah, DK's a, our local Seahawks Wiggle. fan. What do you think, DK? Okay, so I think on the last pod I was talking about how we hadn't seen any first-round traits. I'm not necessarily sure we saw any <laughs> first-round traits on, on Sunday, but I was pretty impressed with his like his ability to cut horizontally, the, the quote, wiggle. Maybe that maybe call that oily hips. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, that's like I don't scouting think even Craig thinks he has oily hips. <laughs> A scouting parlance, but I liked him. I think he looked pretty good. I think you're confusing good. your parlances, um, but keep going. In, in typical Seahawks fashion, he had a couple of really nice runs early on, and then they went away from him for about two quarters, so we didn't really get to see exactly. And that, that's the whole story of his season, I guess. So, but we'll get it. We'll get into Rashad Penny later. But let, let's go. Let's let's get into the initial vice now. We can talk about Penny later before we lose everyone. Fine. But you know some fantasy analysts are like, I don't hate the players. I don't hate your teams. I'm just like, you know what? There's, I hate, hate Rashad him. Penny. Everyone else, I'm fine with. I do hate Rashad Penny. He All doesn't right? need I you. Won't. <laughs> Maybe he does. I don't know. Anyway, All right, let's just get into this. Um, who's on buys this week? Bills, Browns, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots, 49ers. Thank God. Also Six known weeks. as no one on your 16th. fantasy team. I was going to say, I was going to bring that up later. Like, um, yeah, but. No, no quarterbacks other than Brady, so that's good. It's just the Patriots. All these other teams suck. Yeah. All right, TK, who's your first dark night this week? All right, Anthony Miller of the Bears going up against the Vikings this week. Uh, he was one of my favorites in the preseason. I mean, he was a he was a baller in college. Really, really good athlete. Really dynamic. I mean, his his he posted insane numbers in college. Uh, he started to break out over the last few weeks. In, on Sunday, he had six targets, five catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Um, his snap rate has gone up. He's been a bigger part of the offense. And Trubisky's actually passing deep a little bit, a little bit more, which is great for him. I saw this stat from JJ Zacharyan on on Twitter. He's got t- twelve targets of fifteen plus air yards over the last four weeks, which is six most among receivers, um, and well, six most in the league. And then he leads the Bears in targets during that time. Obviously, Allen Robinson's been hurt a little bit, so that's a factor. But 
He just seems like he's more ingrained in that offense. They're passing more. Uh, Trubisky, like I said, he's going deep more. Now, going forward, the Vikings obviously have a very good pass defense, so that is a factor. But I think Miller is on the verge of kind of like breaking out. He's hit that. He's kind of hit his stride, I think, with this offense. So he's he's a must pick up at this point. Yeah, I'd pick him up. I don't think I'd play him yet. I mean, I, I think Allen Robinson being, I think he's all the way back. He, talk about guys with wiggle. I mean, he obviously had the he's ACL good. last year, and I thought that he finally had the explosiveness this week. And yeah, wiggle. I'll go with that. Not oily hips, but I think he's got the wiggle back. <laughs> uh, so I don't, I don't think Miller is someone I'm going to trust for quite some time yet. This week, yeah, Vikings have given up the third least fantasy points per game to receivers, so that's something to keep in mind. All right, who's your first guy? Oh, I mean, this one, this is probably the obvious one of the week. I mean, we mm-hmm. haven't done no shit Sherlock, but uh, this is the one. I mean, Josh Reynolds, uh, obviously Cooper Cup tore his ACL. Uh, that's too Bummer. bad. But So the Rams obviously have like this Super Bowl this week against the Chiefs in Mexico City. Um, I think, so Josh Reynolds filled in fantastic when he was uh, in that game he had when Cup didn't play. He played like 69 of 78 snaps, uh, which is almost 90%, and he looked fantastic. And the Chiefs obviously don't have a good defense, but it doesn't matter. Like, the Rams are the, talk about oily hips, the Rams are the most well-oiled machine in the league. Yeah, You're going to hear a lot of stuff this week about Andy Reid and Sean McVay and why they're good coaches. Tell me, if, tell me if you disagree, DK. I think in a nutshell, one of McVay's breakthroughs is they don't have tendencies. The defenders lining up pre-snap can't really say, well, we know based on how they align, they're not right. going to do this. Right. Everything is in play until the absolute last second. Um, so 94% of their plays are in 11 personnel, but not like the way the Giants did it that I ranted about earlier this year, like in <laughs> right. an intelligent way where they're moving people in. It's like they have the same people on the field. They're never lining up in the same spaces. Like it's all looks completely different, even with the same things. And do you want to let them know, people know, in case they don't know what 11 personnel means? Oh, why, thank you, full-time Craig. Yeah, so it means <laughs> it means one tight end and one running back on the field. So you've got Gurley and either Higby or uh, Everett most of the time. And you can line up the same literal way you can put those pieces in the same spot every time which is what the Giants did under Ben McAdoo it's what the Cowboys have often done under Jason Garrett those same people go to the same spots McVay sends most of the same people out there puts them all over the field in interconnecting ways similar to how the Patriots have done it a lot and so it's really the definition of like is the ultimate next man up system everyone can go into it and then everyone's set up to succeed they're doing play action by far the most they got 38% mm-hmm. of Goff's passes are play action next is Mahomes at like 30 um so Love even it. when the, the ball is snapped, you still don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, so much of Gurley's touchdowns this year have just been play action to Gurley. You roll out, you give it back to Gurley. Um, because, you know, defenders are thinking run, then pass, and it's easy to forget, oh, yeah, and you still lose track of the running back. Add in add in the sweep action, too, which is, I think, stretching out the defense, you know? So that's, that's the long-winded way of saying, I don't care, like, RIP to Cooper Cup, but he's a cog in this amazing machine, and Josh Reynolds will probably be 90% as good as Cooper Cup. Might not even give him the job back, like, next year. No, no. I'm just saying. I think Josh Reynolds is very good. I would 100% <laughs> pick him up, and I think right. he's the rare, right. you can, a rare legitimate handcuff. I think you might have gone a bridge too far there, but I do wow. agree with you that he is a cog in that machine, and, and, and the brilliant thing is just McVay schemes guys open so he's gonna have opportunities so um I'm a, I like Cooper Cup but I think in the fantasy realm this guy makes a lot of sense Josh Reynolds go ahead and pick him up and I think you could probably be confident in playing him going forward uh my next guy quarterback Marcus Mariota Mariota wait, wait, wait. did I say can, it right Craig, can we get it get the drop Mariota Marcus Mariota Titans going up against the Colts this week last two games he's had 122 rating 69 percent completion percentage 
468 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, plus 12 rushes and 53 yards and touchdown. I mean, he's playing like we kind of thought he would before the season when we were really excited about Matt LaFleur. Wait, and Matt what? LaFleur. LaFleur. Uh, he's playing with more confidence. He just doesn't really look overwhelmed out there, which was the case for a while. Like it was, you could tell like when you're watching the Titans play, like he just looked kind of overwhelmed. And that's you haven't yeah. seen that last couple of weeks, which is great. As opposed um, to being whelmed like many quarterbacks. He was whelming. Uh, <laughs> going forward, you know, I'm not necessarily completely sold that they suddenly fixed all their problems, but that was a pretty dominant win over the Patriots. I think that, they're trending up, certainly, and you know this isn't time to get in on on the Mariota second half, I guess, because he's got so much upside as a runner too, and that's that's kind of a big thing in fantasy. So, if you're looking for a quarterback this week, you know Tom Brady, or I guess if you're running with Baker Mayfield or whatever, you need to stream someone. He is an option. Yeah, I like Mar- I like Mariota a lot. I think you're right. I think him looking overwhelmed actually is very apt for the beginning of the season, and he looked very much up to speed again. He hadn't looked like that, in my opinion, in years. Maybe yeah, 2016 or 15 almost. Like he just looked like he had it going and he was doing pinpoint things, but he was also just so much more consistent. I was really happy about that. And the Titans as all just look really good. If you bought low on Corey Davis, hats off to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on the Titans. Uh another one. Tight end this week. Who's who's on by? George Kittle and Njoku. Uh, and if you have Gronk, sucks to suck. Um it's easy to like you maybe stream and like chase Jonu Smith on the Tennessee while we're talking about Tennessee because he's got like two touchdowns in two weeks. But I, I don't think it's ever wise to chase touchdowns, uh, or at least it's a huge gamble. I would rather roll with Ricky Seals Jones. He had nine mm-hmm. targets this week. Uh, it's not an accident. I mean, it's by far his season high. I don't think he'd pass six or, until this until this week. And it's not random because Byron Leftwich, who's their offensive coordinator now, uh, which makes most people feel old, uh, he wants to get him the ball. I mean, obviously he's returned to like. I mean, I don't want to say back to Arians. Like, I think that's like being overdone. It's more like back to common sense. Right. Like, let's make David <laughs> Johnson like good again. Like, it, it's yeah. just, it, it's kind of like, let's have a, like a modern offense. Um, let's give the ball to our best players yeah, and then exactly. let them do stuff. It's and amazing. So obviously, I think David Johnson had his best game of the season, basically. But that's good for everyone on Arizona because you're opening up the offense. And as you say all the time, DK, you're changing the geometry of what they have to do. And, and David yeah. Johnson's as good as that as anyone. Uh, in terms of making the offense or the opposing defense account for them. And they're playing the Raiders, who suck. And <laughs> I think they're they're officially uh, really close to giving up on Gruden, which it wouldn't be the earliest ever, but like we're getting there. Year um, one. Love it. The Well, a lot of them are like on expirings and are going to go. I saw a tweet from a beat reporter who was saying that like a veteran walked by with another yeah. veteran past the reporters and was like, I got to get the, sh- I gotta, what do you say? I got to get the hell out of gotta here. Got to get something. the hell out of here. Or maybe it wasn't hell. And he, like, he I just, I think it was the F word. Yeah. And like yeah. saying that in front of a reporter, like, you know, and that's kind of like, you know, that that's a probably a savvy way of leaking, like, yo, screw this guy. <laughs> um, yeah. I think this could be a disaster game because if the Raiders get blown up by the Cardinals, it'd be pretty great. That would be, that would be <laughs> a low. I, this, this offense obviously still has a long way to go. I wrote about them a little bit last night. Um, yeah, I mean, they're they're going in the right direction. They're doing things that are actually logical, which is a huge jump from what McCoy was doing early in the season. So there's definitely reason for optimism. At the same time, they got pressured on like 50% of their snaps yesterday against the Colts. That's not going to happen against the Raiders, though, because the Raiders actually, I think, are the... I think, I'm pretty sure I saw this. Maybe this might be like a week or two old now, but they've gotten the fewest pressures on opposing quarterbacks of any team in the NFL. It's kind of what happens, I guess, when you trade the best pass rusher in the NFL. But... Yeah, so I think this is a good play in terms of if you're looking for a tight end to stream this week, he, he's a good option. 
going forward, let's see. I'm a, I got Dante Moncrief next, Jaguars receiver, going up against the Steelers. I don't, you know, obviously we don't, I don't love any of the Jaguars receivers at this point just because that, that offense is so inconsistent. Yeah, I'm, but my boy Keelan Cole has really fallen we off. We were excited it. about him before the season, man. He And he had a couple of big games, but again, just too inconsistent. Right now, Moncrief looks like the most consistent guy in that offense. Um, he's had a team high uh, 44 targets over the last six games, and he caught three catches last week for 98 yards and a touchdown. A big one, big touchdown. I think it was like a 80 yarder or something like that. You know, you got a low floor potential with him. He had a goose egg in week six, so you have to kind of keep that in mind. But he's actually averaged almost 12 points PPR a week since week four. So he's he's kind of one of those guys. Like if you need a flex or like if you need a low end wide receiver. To, to plug in on a bye week, he is an option. I've actually done this with a couple of my teams lately. And so, you know, he, he's kind of this, he's got, he's, he's a low floor, low ceiling type player, but he's not the worst option you I can actually, have. So I, I think he's a, he's an option for you guys this week. If, if you're, you know, dealing with buys or whatever, I'd actually push back on this one a little bit. I mean, he had the touchdown against the Colts and he, you know, he used to play for the Colts, but that was just more like the safety kind of just dove missed the tackle and then sides like swiped the legs of the other cornerback who could have made the tackle. And it was yeah. one of those like 60 yard touchdowns that like, well, it should have been like 20 and like, you know, first down and it became like a huge play. I, I, I would actually go, it was a fluke. It was a fluky touchdown. I don't think this is going to be a great matchup for the Steelers. I don't put a lot of stock into tweets and stuff all the time, but when I do, I do. And to think about how much the Jaguars have coalesced like as their identity of like, you know, us against the world, like more than any other team in the league the last couple of years. And like, <laughs> they just hate the Steelers. That is like their number one team they hate. And they beat and, up on them. And they and they beat up on them. That was their game. Last year in week five, that was the, or whatever week it was. Then threw five picks. Yeah, and that was the game. They were like, yeah, we're <laughs> real. And then everyone had to admit it. And they mm-hmm. then made him in the playoffs again. No one believed him again. And they beat him. They well, hate the Steelers. It was all about that dumb Jesse James catch that they Get didn't call here. a catch. That Get out of Steelers here. won the Super Bowl if that didn't happen. I literally forget. <laughs> oh Craig my god! I forgot Steelers Craig. fan. <laughs> not I San forgot. State. I forgot until right now. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to crush the Jaguars this week, and I'm not even kidding because Jalen Ramsey tweeted that today, and Jalen Ramsey said that uh, you guys are going to miss me when I'm gone. Like, not even kidding. Oh, and he yeah. tweeted that. I'm like, damn, they're going into Steelers week, and Jalen Ramsey is not talking about the Steelers. I'm not kidding. I actually genuinely believe that's a big problem for Jacksonville. They don't believe in themselves anymore. They're going to get crushed. I think Steelers crush them. Not an undead Dante Moncrief. That's a long-winded way of coming back to DDK. <laughs> Fair Sorry enough. Sorry about that. All right. Who's your next guy? So I'll give a short-winded Chris Godwin. They're playing the Giants. The Giants suck. We're recording this on Monday. I can't imagine what would happen to Monday Night Football tonight for me to be like, oh, yeah, no. The, uh, the Bucs won't pass the on the— Yeah, and, and they didn't get the points. I feel like everyone's probably seen the stat at this point. They basically— they had 467 yards or whatever, and teams doing that averaged like 37 points, and the Bucs had three, obviously. Um, but Godwin and Fitz just have great chemistry, and we keep saying that, but it's still true. Uh, he leads the team in red zone targets, uh, and he just does really well with Fitz, and even they didn't score. He had 100 yards this week. I mean, Godwin has command of more of the route tree than I think people would have thought this earlier in the, in the year, and definitely has better chemistry with Fitz than anyone would have thought. Um, so, yeah. He had, he had, he good. caught like, I can't remember. It was just, I was watching and I was watching like eight different games at once, but he caught like five or six passes right in a row. They come in bunches with him. And I I actually really believe in that kind of thing because, I mean, sometimes it's just they have a corner on them that can't stay in the field. 
But I, if you in the NFL, like that's like a JV football thing, you know, you call the same play eight times in a row. In the NFL, when someone gets the ball four or five times in a row, I think it's worth paying attention to because that's like Gronk does that. That's like when the Patriots want to win a football game, like that yeah. Steelers game. Craig knows they went to Gronk like what four times in a row. Yeah, and it's like that's a not everyone can do that. I'm always impressed when that happens at the NFL level. But can we talk? Can we talk real quick just about the Buccaneers having? Over was it over 500 yards of offense and and only scoring three points? That was incredible. I've never even heard of that. What was there was there was another stat that was incredible. They had 501 just... yards and three points. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I think I think Fitzpatrick had four turnovers. Well, you, here's the thing: is next week against the Giants, they're going to have like 180 yards and like 70 points. <laughs> So I'm yeah. really excited about, you know, it's, it, they're going to regress to the mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, all right. Well, okay. See, I didn't even Let's... realize I made a mean pun there. Get it? I didn't, uh, <laughs> all right. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process, paper. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash NFL. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it is no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, DK. We're going to go into a little waiver wire lightning round right now. Let's, Craig, do we want it? We actually have to hit Rashad Penny again We're right talking now. about Rashad Penny, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Well, it's not, so just get into it. It'll be quick. <laughs> so he's probably the top waiver wire ad of the week. I would say. 100 yards, touchdown, looked great. Pete Carroll seems to be happy with his performance that he demonstrated first-round value, as DK said earlier, and I'd say worth a shot. Bottom line with Penny is you got to monitor what's going on with Chris Carson. I know on Thursday, or sorry, on Monday, Pete Carroll did say that Carson is going to be ready to go for the Thursday game. That is a t- that's a tough turnaround. We don't really know for sure. You can't really always believe Pete Carroll. So just monitor what's going on with Chris Carson before you, you plug him into your starting lineup. I'm always monitoring Chris Carson. Carol, Carol said the other day that, and I think this is definitely true with him, is that Penny is a volume guy. Like, you need to get him going in the <laughs> flow of a game. And so I'm wondering if love, they're going to Love kinda, your first-round running back needs to get a lot of work before you can do good work. That's the Seahawks. Don't, don't try and find logic in the Seahawks, Danny. That is your first problem, buddy. Uh, they they just got done. I mean, I'm not. I'm definitely not comparing him to this. But Marshawn Lynch, that he like he was the engine that ran their offense. They wanted a guy who they can give like. I think they want a guy who can like take 20 carries a game. I that's not going to be that's not going to be a small you know that's going to be a small guy or like a injury prone guy. I think I can kind of like t- 
talk myself into the reason that they decided to take this guy. I will admit, I was watching that game, and then Mike Davis broke this like 38-yard run, and I was like, yeah, Mike Davis looks good. And I was like, oh, shit, that's Rashad Penny. (laughs) 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 Shit. (laughs) He got up, and I saw the number. I was like, no. So like I'll admit that I was wrong in that he— was capable of doing one thing on an NFL field. Well, he did 12 things thought, for 108 yards. <laughs> what? A, I'll say this. like The Rams are actually, the name value detracts from how bad their run defense is. Even the yeah. Packers probably have a better run defense than the Rams, which is weird to think about, but it's true. And it's a short week, and it's weird to like for a running team. It's probably even a little harder to, I don't know why the Seahawks still think they need to establish the run, but they do. Mm-hmm. So it's harder yeah. on a short week. So fine, go ahead. Add Rashad Penny. Go ahead. Play him in the fantasy playoffs and lose. As long as we're doing a little Mia Culpa session here, uh, I'm oh, sorry yeah. if you Speaking traded. <laughs> I'm sorry Jeez. if you traded Eric Ebron and then he scored three <laughs> touchdowns last week. Yeah, you know what? Just freaking absurd. Even if you were right and you listened to DK and you traded away Ebron, um, whatever you did, like you got roasted in your group text, was probably just alone. Just doesn't matter what he he could just like not play for the rest. And how many, still not how many people? How many people added me to their people to kill list last week? That's oh, like uh, what's that movie? Billy Madison. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's double down though. Let's let's say that Ebron's gonna suck from here on out, and you still sold him high. <laughs> double down. Yeah, you were hey, smart. Look, you're ahead of the curve. I, I, his his touchdown Ebron's touchdown rate is absolutely absurd. His touchdown. Uh, let me put it this way: his touchdowns to targets slash touchdowns to snap rate is it's not. I mean, it's not viable. It's not going to last. He's like the it's 20, he's like the Kamara of tight ends this it's year. It's a rough day for us when Rashad Penny was breaking off thirty plus yard runs, and Ebron's got three touchdowns in the first quarter. We're just like, oh, <laughs> what are yeah. we going to do? Ebron, uh, Ebron had three touch. <laughs> he had three touchdowns on four touches, and he and and Doyle outsnapped him by a lot too. Yeah. All right. Well, the wheels are coming. Like off. Sometimes let's, there's let's just on. weird shit in fantasy football, and Doyle or and and Ebron is that guy. If you want to ride, keep riding him because maybe he's just going to score a touchdown every time he touches the ball. Jeez, DK. Couldn't even stick by the guns. Stay in that game because the wheels have come off here. Um, Derek Henry, speaking of guys we didn't like, uh, Henry had like four rushing touchdowns in his last three games and suddenly looks alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go so far as to say I don't think my thoughts have actually changed on Derek Henry. Like we were talking about before, we don't have to go with this in too depth, but my thoughts have changed on the Titans. I think they're a fundamentally different team. I think their defense is keeping them in games. Their defense is giving up the fewest points in the league. The offense looks alive and I think Henry's just going to get more opportunities to score. I don't think his, him as a rusher is significantly different, but I think his opportunities are different now. He's mm-hmm. been dropped in like half of leagues, so he's out there. So, yeah, I mean, he's that's available. a good playoff ad. Yeah. That's a good December ad um, because, I mean, you know, he's still a bowling ball at the goal line. I'm still going to be really reticent about starting Henry, but, but pick him up. Yeah, having him on your roster is not a terrible idea. Speaking of that, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens going up against the Bengals this week. We so it's Monday afternoon. We do not know exactly what's going on with the quarterback situation in Baltimore. Reports were reports were that uh, that Joe Flacco is injured, potentially something serious. It's his hip, and then John Harbaugh comes out today and he's kind of doing the old uh, you know the the he's taking the Patriots tack where he's not really telling us what's happening with the injury. So the Bengals have to prepare for both guys. It's. We don't really know what's going on. I think it's worth adding Jackson just to see how it all goes. Like, if you have an extra spot on your roster, go for it. I did that in one of my leagues. I'm not going to start him, but I just want to see how this kind of all plays out. Obviously, he's got so much upside as a runner that he could potentially be a fantasy factor down the stretch. Um, You know, obviously, he didn't look great in the preseason. He's kind of had, you know, 
they've only been using him basically as like a, a wildcat type receiver or t- receiver slash quarterback or whatever. So we don't really know what he would look like. But to me, the upside is there. It's worth a speculative ad. I'm not going to start him yet, though. How do I put this delicately? Uh, well, no, what's that thing Lombardi always says all the time? You know, you're sometimes teams are one injury away from having a good team. Yeah. Um, I'll just say this happening as they go into their bye week and John Harbaugh is very much on the verge of being fired. At the very least, it is a, the timing's convenient. A happy accident. <laughs> I'm sure he's injured. The extent of it, we'll see how much, I think there's a chance that this is like a shadow benching. Right. Um, and look, I'm sure his hip is injured and all those things, but I will just say that I think after the Ryan Grant situation from the offseason where basically the Ravens signed Ryan Grant to a, a large contract. Pretty big contract. And within a couple days, Michael Crabtree was released. And then hours after he was released, the Ravens failed Ryan Grant in his physical, which is a like the signature move of the Baltimore Orioles. Um, questions were raised about the firewall between the medical staff and the team. That's all I'll say. That's <laughs> all you'll say. Um, okay. I think Leave it I'll, at that. I'll just, so perhaps that's, you know, let's put, the, put that aside and say, I think Lamar Jackson plays the rest of the season. You know, for who knows what. Okay. If I think he's going to play. If that's the case, do you like do you like his option? Like you, you, would, like his, you have uh, to pick him up. I think that's yeah. obvious. I mean, he's incredible, and he just as a like his rushing ability will have such a big floor. I think he can be incredible. Um, the only reason I think you wouldn't pick him up is you worry about playing time. I think you do not right. have to worry about his playing time for December at all. The Ravens are going to be out of the playoffs, and he's their future. Joe Flacco does not have a future in Baltimore. Uh, Joe Flacco has. Like he can save them double digit millions of dollars if they cut him. John Harbaugh might go. John Harbaugh will only stay if he can prove that he can build a environment of success for for Lamar Jackson. Jackson will be playing in December. I'm, this is, I'm very confident about this. You I'm shocked this that you guys don't. And I appreciate that. I'm yeah. shocked you guys don't feel the same way. Honestly, this feels like a weird time to me to be like, all right. We have a potential chance to make the playoffs. We have a huge division game coming up. Let's sit Joe Flacco and just put in Lamar Jackson and say, hey, you now need to make us make the playoffs. <laughs> like, that's an insane ask of him for a guy who has bar- literally not played all year. I think that John Harbaugh has a better chance to save his job missing the playoffs and making Lamar Jackson look great than making the playoffs and losing the first round with Joe Flacco. Well, then why not do that week four? I, I, the Ravens don't have great foresight is the thing. Like, they they did draft Hayden Hurst before they took Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Which does not make any sense to me. All right. Anyway, who, who, let's we are move just on. off the road. Moving on, DK. John Ross, uh, another guy. I, I don't love John Ross. Maybe I'm just, I was so biased because the Bengals like flirted with like making him a quarterback for five days last year in the middle of the season. And to me, that was like a indicting factor yeah. of like, I, I'm concerned about your ability to play football, um, which I normally don't like to do, but I can't even believe they even considered that. Um, but he's looked good and I don't actually love him as a receiver, but the Bengals offense now see their defense seems so bad. They're going to be in shootouts. They're almost like the Bucks yeah. in that their defense is abysmal. They're going to be constantly in shootouts and the Saints just made a mockery of them. But AJ Green's gone. Someone's going to need to be cashing touchdowns. And I don't love him as like a confident flex play, but like in terms of upside and stuff, if you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, like he's probably like a fantastic option off waivers. If you don't really know who you're going to war with in December, he's probably a good option. Yeah. Two, uh, two catches, 39 yards and a touchdown last week. Um, played 83% of the snaps. So, yeah, I mean, he was a big part of the offense. Until A.J. Green gets back, he's going to have opportunities. And this is why I like I liked him in the preseason. I thought he could have a breakout year. It turned out it was Tyler Boyd yeah. <laughs> who did that. 
But yeah, I mean, it's just an opportunity thing right now. And and he's playing a lot and they're probably, like you said, they're probably going to be passing a lot. So, you know, who knows? Um, this is like the Des Bryant memorial pick. Basically, Brandon Marshall now takes the place of Des Bryant in New Orleans. You could swap out everything we said about Des Bryant last week and insert it here for Brand- for Brandon Marshall. Like he's going to play potentially that uh, Marcus Colston slash Jimmy Graham hybrid role where you kind of are a red zone target. Use your size, box out, fade routes in the red zone type thing. That's the upside. That's kind of like the thought. Um, I would still say Marshall is still kind of a desperation option. If, you, if you're really looking for upside in the receiver position, you don't have anything else. He could have upside as a touchdown guy, but I mean, I watched him. I had high hopes for him in Seattle. I watched him in Seattle. He just didn't do anything. He had a lot of drops, not getting any separation. Uh, I'm not super optimistic, but again, it, Drew Brees' offense is so good that you know it, it's just maybe potentially worth an ad to see how it all goes because again, that offense is so good. You know how you everyone was really excited about Des Bryant and the Saints, and mm-hmm. you know how now nobody's excited about Brandon Marshall and the Saints. It is kind of interesting. This is how you Although should Des, have felt Des about Des. Des is quite Bryant. a bit younger, though, isn't but he? This is how you should have felt about Des. Both are <laughs> washed up to varying degrees. I don't think either will do anything. Brandon Marshall is probably going to be able to get some jump ball touchdowns. I don't think he'll have any ability to predict it, nor will the teams they're playing against. And it'll be complete random luck if you play him and get him in your lineup and he has two touchdowns. Like, great. Yeah. Um, I'd be absolutely, because here's the thing he just signed. He will not play for them until after Thanksgiving in any meaningful way outside of like a jump ball. Well, and we fade. know and we know Danny's theory that receivers on new teams, they won't do well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Come at me, Craig. Come at me. <laughs> I, I don't know if Amari Cooper did well. We're going to talk about Amari. Yeah, Come yes. at me. Six catches, 75 yards, 10 targets. Route running genius. And how did Golden Tate do after a whole bye week? He played 14 snaps. He played 14 snaps. I guess that, that kind of confirms Danny's thing, though. I, yeah, I just 100% stand by this. <laughs> So you just still I think Amari it. Cooper's bad? I think that they traded. I think Amari Cooper. Here again, let me restate. Like what is like we kind of universally accept when rookies come in, rookie running backs can adapt much quicker because rookie receivers need to learn the quote unquote the speed of the game and how much of the NFL game is timing based, chemistry and also just like learning to break out of your route the exact moment because the difference between college and the, well it used to be now it's a little less so but like. The ball's being thrown before you even open. And now that's changing a little bit. So much of the NFL game is timing-based that you can't just do that in two weeks. You can't just do that over your bye week. Like, a lot of off-season work goes into it. What were we saying about Joe Flacco? He's been better this year because he actually worked with his receivers this off-season, right? I do not think anybody can just come in and two weeks later be, like, a great receiver. I mean, Brandon Marshall spent was with the Seahawks, and they cut him. I don't think he'll be better than he was in Seattle. Maybe he can, like, have a different role in the Saints. And, like, with Amari Cooper, I actually do think it's different because I think Amari Cooper was brought in because, one, they had nobody there. Uh, It's like the Saints don't have receivers. And, two, Jason Garrett's job may very much depend on can you use Amari Cooper. That is not the case with anyone else. Doug Peterson or no receiver, Demarius Thomas, like, whoever you want to name, I can't even think of one. Like, nobody's job is, like, on the line if you use this piece. And like that, not to, I mean, it's annoying that I'm like, oh, it's the exception to the rule. No, the one time a, I, was I think wrong, that's a worthy argument. But I actually do think it's the exception. Like the, Jason Garrett might get fired if Amari Cooper was not good the rest of the year. Yeah. I should have thought of that. I didn't think that it would work. I didn't think he could do it. But they're doing it. Because he's now, you are starting Amari Cooper if you have him weekly. 
Yep. Yeah, no, they're dedicated to force feeding him. And he looks good. He looks better than I, to be fair, he looks mm-hmm. much better than I would have thought that he could have done doing this. I don't think any other team has the Cowboys incentives to, we need to use this piece now, all the time. The other side of that Sunday night game was the Eagles look terrible. We could go through that forever. Um, it's just like a lot, there's a lot of paper cuts. There's no like gash wound in their chest. This is more of a stash, but I mean, Josh Adams is a rookie. He led the team in carries and rushing yards. Uh, he looked good. He yeah. also looked bad in short yardage, which is annoying because on paper, he should be their goal linebacker. Uh, that play, are you talking about the fourth down Yeah, well, stop? they got, I can't that say. That was not I cannot fault, say his yeah. name. Vitae, I cannot say his name, but Vitae, the right tackle, replaced Lane Johnson, got blown up by Demarcus yeah. Lawrence. Um, he was hit like basically when he got the handoff. I but think. I kind of think that that might be the Eagles' season. Like I'm, I, like part of me is like, oh well, that play. Well, I think their their line might not be as good anymore. So I'm torn to just be like, I'll write that away. Um, I think if you're looking for this week, I think Wendell Smallwood against the Saints is intriguing because the Saints have allowed the fewest rushing yards. But I mean, that's just because of game flow. It's because they're passing more. I don't. Well, think- they also have a yeah. They're just very good against the run too. Like they've been, I think, the best run defense in the NFL. Well, yeah. So, I mean, they've given up the the fewest rushing yards, which kudos to them. But at the same time, um, opponents have also attempted the third fewest rushes against them. Yeah, so I think okay. it's more of a product of like just teams are just always losing to the Saints and you need to <laughs> chuck the ball downfield, um, which mm-hmm. is why the flip side of that is like, oh, like the Saints have a terrible secondary. Well, no, the teams are always passing on the Saints, which is why you should always be a little wary of like per game numbers in a vacuum. Um, so anyway, I think that Adams... He's probably still going to lead the team in carries for the Eagles, but might not have a huge game this week because they might have him be turned. They might be forced to turn to Smallwood and Clement more this week because they're down. Yeah. But yeah. but beyond this week, I think that Adams could still be like their main rusher. So I'm still hopeful there, and I have him in the Ringer League, and we'll see. My favorite Hobbit, Wendell Smallwood. All right, TK. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. Football season is underway, and we already have major regrets about our season-long fantasy teams. Rashad Penny. I'm sure most of you fantasy players feel the same way. We spend all of our off-seasons researching and getting excited for the draft, and then comes the pain. That's why we are so excited to be playing on FanDuel all season. Over at FanDuel, we get the excitement of researching and building a team each week, regardless of the outcome. Plus, FanDuel has never been more fun or easy to play. We've been playing in the Gridiron Pick'em Contest every week. It's a free contest where all you need to do is pick winners, no spreads, and then $10,000 is split amongst the top pickers. Trust us, if you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the place to play. Plus, new users get a $5 bonus when they make their first deposit. So come play with us at fanduel.com slash the ringer. That is fanduel.com slash the ringer. All right, DK. Uh, now we're going to go into a little prepping ahead of fantasy playoffs because th- it's almost Thanksgiving time and it's around the time you kind of got to, I think as we said, chess, not checkers. So it's time for some chess moves. And uh, full-time Craig had some, had a couple good uh, good chess moves that he, he was proposing for the segment. Start moving guys around the board. Yeah, what do you got, Craig? Well, so as the playoffs approach, I think that this is the time to get rid of those guys that are sitting at the bottom of your bench, the dudes that you probably drafted in the ninth round and you're still holding on to because they have three catches a game, like your Jamison Crowders, your Chester Rogers, your Alan Hearns. I think it's time to get rid of those guys because no matter what's happening in the playoffs, assuming you will make the playoffs, that's that's who this segment's for. You're not going to be starting those people. <laughs> and Elitist. <laughs> it's, time, it's time to start handcuffing all of your elite guys. Although, to be fair, just to be quick, even if you're still on the 
cusp of the playoffs, you should still be doing this, but like for the next three weeks. Because if you make the playoffs, great. Figure all that out then. Don't yeah. not worry about week 14 if you might not make it. Just but you should put everything into just thinking short term. Exactly. And in the playoffs, you're only going to be starting your studs or the backups to your studs if they get hurt. Those are really the only two options. So owning a guy like Jameson Crowder is never going to help you because you're never going to play him. So you would drop him and, you know, we'll get into a list of guys right now of, of, of elite handcuffs you should have if you have these guys. This is also kind of, I don't, we, the we'll figure this out kind of as we get closer to the playoffs, but if guys are sitting, if teams are sitting players, sometimes this can come in handy also, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's too early for that. Because I think most leagues cut out week 17, right? Mm-hmm. Fantasy championship is week 16. That's normally. standard. That's like standard across the board everywhere. Right? Uh-huh. I can't remember the last time someone sat week 16, right? It was like Peyton Manning uh, yeah. and Colts like I don't one remember. year. Yeah. Because the Rams so that's, sat week that's 17 not, That's year. not as big of a factor. This is injury. This is injury yeah. insurance right here. Injury I agree. insurance, yeah. All right. So who's your, who's your first guy? So, I mean, this is one Craig has been on for a long time. I can let, but I, I love this. It's the only tight end handcuff that exists. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Uh, it's really, I mean, I My could God. be wrong. Ertz I, went off this week. Yeah, yeah, so I believe Ertz has the most targets of any tight end ever, like, through how many games he's played. I could be wrong on that. I think that's actually a certifiable fact. This is a good but fantasy pod. Yeah, right? So, but no, the, <laughs> it, I come back to what Michael Kendricks, RIP, said in Hard Knocks, which is that Ertz is a receiver. Uh, yeah. he is a, he's tight end next to his name, and Dallas Goddard would take up that role in the offense. So I think this is brilliant. So I love that. Yeah, I have a crazy stat that my friend uh, Chris sent me. It says, Zach Ertz now has four career games with 13 or more catches. And in NFL history, only Wes Welker has more than that. That's incredible. And, and again, just to put all this in perspective with Ertz, he's fourth in the league in targets. There are four players with more than 100 targets. It's Jarvis, Adam Thielen, Julio Jones, Zach Ertz. And Goddard's not just a handcuff in the proverbial sense. Like, he passes the eye test. He's talented. And he's when really you watch good. him, he's, he yeah. looks like he can fill in. So that's the only tight end handcuff I think I've ever believed in, and it's fantastic. What about you, DK? How do you feel about Melvin Gordon? Well, I mean, yeah, Melvin Gordon, we've talked about him before, kind of like the, the Todd Gurley light. I think if Austin Eckler... Is still out there in your leagues. He might not be because, you know, he's been kind of hit or miss this year, but he's definitely worth handcuffed just because they're going to put so much volume through their running back position. That's been a huge part of their offense this year, especially in the passing game. Um, Eckler has proven he's extremely efficient when he touches the football. Like if Gordon got hurt, and he, he, he obviously missed a game earlier this year, if Gordon gets hurt in the fantasy playoffs, like Eckler has a chance to go off. So, just stashing him on your line in your lineup if you've got Gordon, even if you don't really, it could be a really smart option. He can do everything Gordon does. Yeah, he can do everything Gordon does. So he's he's like I think a one for one replacement. He's a square peg in a square hole. He's one of the more underrated running backs I think in the NFL. Just the sense that everything like he's a really dynamic player, and people don't really realize it. They think of him as kind of just like this change of pace guy, but he's he's actually like a good running back. The flip side of that situation, I think, is actually in Carolina, where Christian McCaffrey has just been doing everything. If you watch Thursday night, he was the only reason they were even competitive, really. And there's no backup really behind him, honestly. Like CJ Anderson has been the proverbially handcuff. He got released on Monday. And they don't really have anyone behind him who can do things. They have Alex Arma, is the only other guy I think who's gotten a carry for them. I mean, who isn't like a receiver. He's like a fullback, really. He's a big, bulky guy. But he's probably not going to be doing in the passing game what McCaffrey does. And then there's also uh, Cameron Artis Payne, who's been inactive for most of the season. Uh, just healthy scratch. So I have McCaffrey in like my one of my oldest leagues. And I actually don't even know if there really is a one-to-one handcuff. It's Arma and or Artis Payne. But I think it's actually we need to see another week there before. 
but it's probably mm-hmm. still worth grabbing because the amount of volume is crazy. That's an interesting situation. I wonder if they would even, um, like my, just off the top of my head, I'm wondering if they would use like DJ Moore and uh, Curtis Samuel more as like running back types too, if that happened, if if McCaffrey got hurt. Yeah, I I, I think that that's a good example. It would be distributed around the rest of the offense. Um, the flip side is Todd Gurley, who this isn't a one-to-one, but it's more like Todd Gurley's so good that if Malcolm Brown uh, gets 70% of what Todd Gurley does, then he's you have to start him. At first, I think before the season, John Kelly was maybe in the mix of the Rams' backup job. Malcolm yeah. Brown has established himself. Probably doesn't have the same ability to break away, but like, I mean, I actually talked to him at Rams training camp. I'm just going to be like, oh, I talked to him during training camp. But Nice name drop. <laughs> Craig gave me a face. But he actually acknowledged that, like, so I'm not being mean is my point. He acknowledged that his biggest <laughs> issue is breaking the last guy, like beating the strong safety and like breaking the end of the run. So, right. And obviously, Todd is really good at that. But he's still going to get the carries. I've seen I've seen people picking Malcolm Brown up a little bit yeah. the last couple of weeks. I'm like, ooh, this is uh, this is looking ahead. So this is exactly what we're talking about. Another guy you could do that with potentially Spencer Ware. Um, if you've got Kareem Hunt on your team, he's obviously been a you know pillar for a lot of fantasy teams this year. Spencer Ware is actually another guy. I mean, he's a really good running back. I think he had over a thousand yards a couple of years ago when uh, I can't even remember what the situation was. Jamal Charles got hurt, and so. He's he's got experience. He is a he's a dual threat guy. He can catch the ball too. Very physical runner. I think Ware is actually really a good running back. So if Cream Hunt were to go down, then he would be a really good fantasy option. Yeah. Um an example, so like Ware, I think Ware is a mostly one-to-one with Kareem Hunt. I mean, he's not as good as Kareem Hunt, but I think he's probably gonna be able to do everything the Chiefs ask of him. In that mm-hmm. same category, I'd throw in Alfred Blue and Lamar Miller. Miller's not a fraction as good as Hunt, but Blue can do everything Miller does. And to a lesser extent, Gio Bernard and Joe Mixon. Um, oh, yeah. Gio's not good as one. good of a straight runner between the tackles and stuff as Mixon, but they don't, I don't think they really trust the, I think Mark Walton's the third guy. I don't think they trust him. No, Gio's already shown this year when Joe Mixon got hurt with that MCL yeah. injury that he, I mean, he was putting up like 15, 20 fantasy points a game. Exactly. And, yep. and Gio, yep. um, Gio's like healthy again because he missed like a month or so, but he's back. So he's, but, Square pegs and round holes, guys that you can roster but are not probably going to be worth. But Rod Smith and Zeke Elliott are not similar players. I mean, that's a guy who's not going to be able to do 60% of what Zeke does in the field. I mean, you saw the Eagles last night. Like, just he he does everything for them now, finally, which is he should have been doing everything for them. Rod Smith is not going to be able to do that for the Cowboys. And then one last. I lowkey, I like, I like Rod Smith. I think more than most people. Take the floor. I did not know anyone like Rod Smith. No, I'm with you. I mean, he's obviously not Ezekiel Elliott, but I think he's actually a really good player. Again, it's like Spencer Ware, kind of the same deal. You get buried behind a superstar, and people kind of forget how good they are. Rod Smith came in um, during Elliott's suspensions, and he was a pretty solid player. Like, you know, he's not the same guy, but there's there's production to be had there. There, here's a deep cut for you. If James Conner, James Conner right now is going through concussion protocol, so he might not even play this week. It's looking like he probably will, but if he doesn't, rookie Jalen Samuels is a guy to keep in mind. Yeah, speaking of uh, guys buried behind superstars, Conner and Bell. Uh, yeah. it, I mean, this is recording this on Monday, but I imagine that it, all reports seem to indicate Bell will not show up. You can drop Bell <laughs> uh, if he does not show up on Tuesday because he won't play for the rest of the season. So suddenly you go from thinking you have Bell and Connor to, yeah, Jalen Samuels and Steven Ridley suddenly. Ridley might get more of the carries and stuff, but Jalen Samuels looked like a far more interesting and dynamic pl- player. Um, he has tight catcher. end eligibility in Yahoo, which is yeah, he's very, listed as a tight end. 
and a running back. So that's, that's awesome. kind of interesting too. That's super rare. Um, RIP to my Tavon Austin hatred. <laughs> Maybe I do hate players. Uh, but yeah, I think Samuels and or Ridley, but probably in that order are worth grabbing for this week. I mean, that might be guys you play this week. Like, I right. would maybe play Jalen Samuels as a tight end this week if you need someone. Connor is out, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. If, Connor, if, if he's out. Um, one last one, again, receiver handcuffs are not quite the same thing. But full-time Craig proposed this. I like it, but I have a tweak. He proposed Laquan Treadwell, if you have Diggs or Thielen. Probably just Thielen, but Craig, your thoughts here? Well, I ju- you just look at his production. I mean— with Thielen and Diggs playing pretty much the whole year, he's having the, his last like seven games. He's had four or three catches in every single one of those games. So I feel like numbers would show that if one of those guys is out, he's probably going to be worth starting as like a wide receiver three on your team. But yeah, you I mean, like Aldrick Robinson. I do like Aldrick Robinson. I mean, first of all, on Treadwell, it's like it's pretty easy to forget he exists. They took him in the first round, like in 2016. He's done nothing. <laughs> um, Pretty anonymous because they got He's feeling. done okay this there's year. Been a, there's been like a, a bunch of those guys. It's a guys. first round pick who there's doesn't like even play. The Kevin Whites, the Laquan Treadwells, the Brashad yeah. Perrymans, you know? Exactly. Um, he gets lumped but in. But anyway, I actually think Aldrick Robinson has looked better than him. Am I allowed to say that? I think, no, I actually think Aldrick Robinson's good and they looked him in the red zone actually and he's actually pulled on a I think he really was great in that Rams game. Um, I think that was Thursday night and I would actually, I could actually roll with Aldrick Robinson as a flex if Thielen was down. I think he's been fantastic and would be much better in an offense that didn't have those two guys. So, yeah, DK. Uh, there's your handcuff <laughs> index because it's cuffing season. Just a couple guys that just potential breakout guys. We mentioned Rex Burkhead if you have an IR slot. Maybe Hunter Henry if you have an IR slot. And then, real quick, thoughts on Royce Freeman? Well, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it, this is kind of the same deal like handcuff thing. Like if Philip Lindsay got hurt, Freeman showed, like, he can run, man. He's actually, you know, he was picking up yards after the catch. He was bowling through guys, but he just wasn't getting the volume that Lindsey was getting, and Lindsey's been just generally more dynamic. But, again, it's, it's the same situation as Penny. Like, if the if the rotation changes in in ball, or in or Denver, then I think Freeman could have some really high value going forward. And um, the other guy that I kind of circled, this is, an, this is a super deep cut, but... It's looking at offenses that you trust, teams that evaluate receivers that you trust. The Steelers just know receivers, and they always get production from the receivers. So going forward, I'm going to probably stash James Washington in a league or two. If either Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster were to get hurt, I think James Washington, rookie, could get a lot more looks. Right now, he's actually playing quite a bit. He's had He played 46 snaps last week, 70 the week before. Kind of seems like Ryan Switzer is maybe like their third guy, but it's actually been Washington. He hasn't gotten a ton of targets in the, in the offense yet, but the playing time is there. I think the production could catch up, and especially if there were going to be, if there was an injury in that in that uh, receiving core, he could be in line for a ton of targets and potential produ- production. You know, I know he's a ringer editor. Ben Glicksman's a huge fan of James <laughs> Washington, so I trust that. I just think that he's he's one of those guys that just stash if you have that spot. Might not. It's like a penny stock. It might not work out, but a Rashad Penny you know, going stock. Forward. <laughs> yeah, Are you exactly. in a Rashad Craig? How do you think Rashad Penny does this? No. Oh, I'm sorry. We're out of time. No, I'm sorry. We will not be able to finish. That is all the time we have this week. DK, I will see you on Friday. Uh, yeah, play the music. Play the music.
We're so excited to be playing on FanDuel this football season because over at FanDuel, we get the excitement of researching and building our teams each week, regardless of the outcome, so I can not pick Rashad Penny week after week after week instead of just in August. Plus, there are tons of ways to play, like the Gridiron Pick'em Contest, where you just pick winners, no spreads, and then $10,000 to split amongst the top pickers. Trust us, if you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the place to play. And new users get a $5 bonus when they make their first deposit. So come play with us at fanduel.com slash the ringer. That is fanduel.com slash the ringer.